The Spur of the Moment podcast is proudly presented by Shane Daigie, Realtor of Always Here Properties. Selling your home, buying your home, first-time buyers, investors, and seasoned home buyers. Call or text 512-540-1626, and I'll be glad to help with all of your real estate needs. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Spur of the Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shane Daigie. And I'm your co-host, Drew Daigie. Welcome to episode 124 of Spur of the Moment. Yeah, coming straight from the Simonator Studios in the heart of Texas, the Spurs dropped one to the really talented Joel Embiid, James Harden-led Philadelphia 76ers by a score of 137 to 125. Spurs really competed well offensively, had a pretty strong night overall as a team. A lot of guys in double figures. I don't remember the exact total of the number of guys, but Drew will probably have that for us here pretty quick. But uh, Spurs' record drops to 14 wins, 39 losses overall, and the Philadelphia 76ers improved their record to 34-17. and 17. So another one for the Spurs. We're still sitting third as the league's worst records uh, overall. Drew, what were your thoughts about the game. Yeah, I think we played a pretty good game. Like you said, all five of our starters were in double figures. Also, Stanley Johnson came off the bench and he got double figures. In this game, the Spurs shot 58% from the field. That is really good wow. for losing the game. And 33% from three-point range was not too good. Free throws, 93%. And we just shot really well. I just think we weren't really good on defense. And Joel Embiid and James Harden got to the foul line a lot. Yeah, no, most definitely. And they, they still shot 53% as a team, Philadelphia did. But the one stat that really stood out to me was their three-point percentage. They were 48%. That perimeter three-point defense has got to get better because I remember Portland earlier this year shot like 60% from there. So we got to do better at defending around the, the three-point land. All right. We're going to get to the segment of our show where we do our Tankathon lottery. And we just do this to show you guys the possibilities for who could land with the Spurs. And I'm going to simulate it right now. And there we go. So this one, you know we have the third worst record, but it is a lottery. It's not based on wins and losses except for the percentages that you get a chance. We dropped to seven in tonight's draft. So, with the seventh pick, this mock draft, we're going to go with the players above and below it. But this one has Nick Smith Jr. going to the Spurs. He's a point guard from Arkansas. Really talented guy. His hops, he's a very bouncy guy. Kind of reminds me of John Morant. Uh, but the one thing about Nick Smith is he hasn't played much for Arkansas this year. I think he had an injury, and he only played like four or five games and hasn't played much, and which they've suffered tremendously as a team without having Nick Smith there. Uh, but he's six foot five, one hundred eighty-five pounds. What are your thoughts about the Nick Smith possibility for the Spurs? Yeah, I think he's a good player. I think he his draft stock definitely dropped since he's gotten hurt. He hasn't played a game since December seventeenth, and that's good. What teams are going to look at um, his injury status, and he might be a, a bit of a problem if he's hurt when he's in the NBA like John Moran. He's bouncy, but I think he can return. Also, there's a lot of other guys, uh, Cam Whitmore and other guys that can follow us. What are your thoughts on Nick Smith? Yeah, no, I, I like him. 
but I am the injury deal. I do think they may be nursing it, kind of babying it a little bit just because he's an NBA prospect. He was originally a top five pick is what they had him slated as. They actually had him at four in a lot of mock drafts, but as Brandon Miller, his stock rose, uh, and then Nick Smith got injured, his stock dropped. So that's kind of why he's the seventh overall pick. Don't think it would be a horrible pick for the Spurs, but if you're comparing a point guard like Nick Smith Jr. to either Scoot Henderson or Eamon Thompson, he's definitely not what those two guys are by all accounts. So we'll see how it lands, but that's tonight's draft lottery simulation on the Spur of the Moment podcast. Now we're going to get to our top two, bottom two. And tonight for the top two, we're going to start with Drew. All right, so for my number one top two, I decided to go with Malachi Branham. I think Malachi Branham had a really good night. Malachi Branham put up 26 points, three rebounds, two assists, shooting 11 of 16 from the field and two of five from the three-point line in 35 minutes. What a night for Malachi Branham. That means two straight nights with 20-plus points. That is a really good future for Malachi Branham. My second top two, I went with Stanley Johnson, who came off the bench, had 13 points, four assists, two rebounds, shot five of seven from the field, and one of one from the three-point line in 21-29 minutes. So a great night from Stanley Johnson, and he makes my number two. Let's hear yours. All right, well, I also had Malachi Branham as number one. I just thought it was a great game. Again, that's the second game in a row that he, he had a career high the previous game, and then he smashed the career high in that one. Uh, his uh, his game was really phenomenal. 26 points and just shooting well and getting a lot more uh, confident in his game. And, ladies and gentlemen, the future is bright with the uh, San Antonio Spurs and Malachi Branham there. Um, my number two was Jakob Pertl. Really liked his game. He had 16 points, 10 boards, 5 assists, and was 8 of 11 from the field. Really strong night for Jakob, so uh, that's why he was my number two. All right, Drew, what about the bottom two? Yeah, so for my number one bottom two, I went with Zach Collins in this game. It was actually tough to pick a bottom two because we were very good offensively, but I went with Zach Collins here because Zach Collins really strolled from the field. He shot two of six from the field and 0 of two from the three-point line and turned the ball over twice, so he makes my number one. And my second bottom two, I went with Doug McDermott. Who had seven points, but shot three of seven from the field and 0 of two from three point range. Also had two turnovers in 18 minutes, so he makes my second bottom two. Let's hear who you have. Well, I also had Zach Collins as my number one. Uh, just maybe not one of his best best games uh, coming off the bench for the Spurs. So, uh, and with a strong shooting night from a lot of guys, you know, two of six is what got him there. My other one was uh, Isaiah Roby, and. For no other reasons, <laughs> everybody shot really well. Everybody defended as well as they could for their age, but uh, he just he only had four points, and that was the actually lowest score on our team besides Dominic Barlow, who also had four. But Dominic Barlow has a, a little bit of an excuse because he's only 19 years old and he's been in the G League most of the year. So, so that's my uh, uh, bottom two. All right, now it's time for the segment of our show called The Question of the Day. Remember, you can always text us at 512-540-1626. Tonight's question comes from Donovan in Cleveland, Texas. Donovan's question is, do you know what the highest scoring game in Spurs history is? And do you think they will ever top that? 
So let's get to the highest scoring game. And yes, Donovan, I do know what the highest scoring game in Spurs history is. It was, now get this, when you hear the year, you're going to freak out. The year was 1982, March 6th, 1982. San Antonio Spurs beat the Milwaukee Bucks by a score of 177 to 166. Sorry, it was 171 to 166. So that was the Spurs' highest scoring game in franchise history on March 6, 1982. Here's the other crazy thing about that highest scoring game in uh, Spurs history is they actually hit one three-pointer. Can you imagine that? 177 points in 1982 and one three-pointer made. Do you realize the pace of that game had to be a breakneck speed? Uh, Pretty impressive. So, uh, yeah, that was the highest scoring game. So the next follow-up to that is, do you think they will ever top that? So I'm going to turn that over to Drew and see what he says, and then I'll follow up. Yeah, so that's a really good question there. My answer would be no. We were really close last year against the Wizards. We scored 157. I thought we might have passed 171. We went to double OT in that game, I believe. But I just think it's really hard to break that record. 171 points is a lot. But you never know. Maybe in 30 years, everybody will only be shooting three-pointers. So you never know. I can see that happening. That's a good point. I could see us breaking in about 20 years, but I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Yeah, no, it it was definitely be uh, interesting to see. I do think, you know, when I think about a score like that of 171, um, I think about an all-star game, right? Because usually they score big-time points, and there's no defense because people are trying to protect each other and not get injured, and there's a lot of threes and dunks and just the pace. Um, With that being said, I don't think they're going to ever top that. I think 177 is a mark that's going to say, unless, I'm going to give this disclaimer, it's going to need to be like a double or triple overtime game for them to be able to top that. I just don't. They play too much defense now in the NBA. And that one might have been in the early 80s where the pace was just so, so fast that, you know, just people weren't playing defense. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I think it's going to take a, a double or a triple overtime game to be able to top that score. Um, so that's just my take. Thanks for your question, Donovan. All right, now it's time for this day in Spurs history. Drew, what do you got for us? Yeah, so I'm going to take us back to February 3rd, 2011, where the Spurs traveled to Los Angeles to play the Lakers, and we ended up winning this game by one point with the Antonio McDice game winner, which I'm about to play Reggie Miller and his crew with this uh, sound clip. Yeah, so that's the call. It was very controversial. He barely got that off with like .1 seconds to go. In this game, Antonio McDyess had 8 points and 5 assists and 8 rebounds, but that game winner was very incredible, so he was good. We had Tony Parker, who was our leading scorer. He put up 21 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Richard Jefferson put up 18 points, and we had Manu Ginobili put up 14 points, 8 assists, 
five rebounds, and a couple players off the bench who got us 10 points. So that is going to be this day in Spurs history, improving our record to 41-8 and with a very, very incredible game winner. Yeah, that was awesome. That awesome clip there for McDice. You know, 2011 was when they first – that was in the early stages of reviewing plays at the end. So the fact that you can see Phil Jackson cranking up the replay, that, that was pretty inter- interesting because it was really new at that time. All right, we're going to move on to the preview of the upcoming game. And that one goes Monday night. The Spurs start the rodeo road trip with uh, a game against the Chicago Bulls in Chicago. Uh, the Bulls are coming into this thing with a 25-27 and 27 record, of course, Familiar face there for the Chicago Bulls. DeMar DeRozan will be with them. Spurs are coming into this one with a record of 14-39. and 39. Um, But that's going to be on Monday night. It's going to be an a interesting test because and for the second game in a row, Jeremy Sohan will be out. Romeo Lankford is going to be out. Trey Jones is going to be out. So all three of those guys will be missing uh, for the Spurs. So should be an interesting test. Drew, what can you tell us about Chicago? Yeah, I think Chicago's a great team. They have an all-star in DeMar DeRozan who's putting up great numbers with 26 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Zach Levine, who's putting up 23 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. There's actually rumors that he might get traded. A lot of talks in that. Ooh. I can see him getting traded. He's been in the rumors for a long time. So. Do you know to who, possibly? Uh, I've seen a lot of teams, the Heat, the Celtics, and a lot of other teams, but also the Clippers. They're also invested, but I don't... He could get traded, but they've been saying that for the past three years, and he's never got traded. They also have Nikola Vucevic, who's averaging 17 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists. Patrick Williams, who's averaging 10 points, 4 rebounds. Kobe White, who's averaging 8 points and 2 rebounds. And I think the Bulls team is good, but I think they really declined from last year. What are your thoughts on the Bulls team? Yeah, I think the same thing. I don't think they're quite as good as last year, and it's just kind of – Going south for them a little bit, which is fine because I think we hold some of their draft picks here uh, next year or two years from now. So, yeah, the, the worse they are, the better off for us in our draft status. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, who is your player to go off and what's your prediction for this one? Yeah, so for my player to go off, I'm going to take the easy one here. I'm going to go with Keldon Johnson. No Trey Jones, no Jeremy Sohan. I think Keldon Johnson will put up a 30-piece hot take for me, but I think so. Jer- Keldon will do that. In my prediction for this game, I'm going to go with the Chicago Bulls to win this game by 12. So I think it will be pretty close, and then the Bulls will pull away with it. Yeah, so my player to go off, I'm going to take one that maybe wasn't easy early in the season, but based on his last two games, I think it is easy. I'm going to go with Malachi Branham to keep the hot streak rolling again just because he's put up 20-plus in the last two games. I think he's filling it, and I think you're seeing a big-time NBA scorer start really stepping his game up. Yep, as it goes on, that's Malachi. Unfortunately, I think we lose this one. The Vegas line has Chicago winning by uh, 9.5. I actually think it's going to be less than that. I think the Spurs are going to lose it but uh, by 7. So I think Malachi is going to go off and Spurs are going to lose by 7. With that being said, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Spur of the Moment podcast. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. As always, it's a pleasure, and we enjoy that you've been listening and the numbers show it. Thank you. Yes, thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, go Spurs, go!